All right. Good morning, Faith Church. What's going on, everybody? Welcome, man. It's good to have everybody in the house. I want to welcome our Faith Church family. Man, if this is home, it's good to have you here this weekend. If this is your first time here, we want to say welcome home, man. We are glad that you're in the house. Your first time, man, you're a VIP, a very important person. So welcome to Faith Church, man. Can we give it up for our Lawrenceburg family? It's good to have you guys in the house, too. To both campuses, everybody online wants to say happy Father's Day. Come on, how many dads we got in the house? Yeah, happy Father's Day. It's good to have you guys. I saw someone post, it was actually Chad Johnson, the head of our parking team, posted a great meme, and I thought, man, that's the truth. It's kind of like Mother's Day. Here, here was the deal. Mother's Day, they celebrate with diamond rings on sale for $3,000, and for Father's Day, they celebrate cargo shorts on sale for $11. Is that not the truth? I, man, I've typed amen. Go ahead and preach that. Woo! Well, hey, it's good to have everybody here. Today, we're starting a brand new series entitled Father Knows Best. What we want to do for the next several weeks is we just want to talk about the idea that we just don't have a God in heaven, but we have a heavenly Father. In fact, one of the reasons that Jesus came, and he made it really clear there are several reasons that Jesus came. One of the reasons, he said, I came to make known the Father. Because through religious systems and through traditions, people had lost the idea and the concept of what God was really like. And God got buried in religion, and God got buried in tradition, and Jesus came back, and even though it's common for us today and it's easy for us to talk about, it's a part if you're in church or you're a Christ follower, it's part of our language, to call God our Heavenly Father. But when Jesus showed up and began to introduce God as a Father, it was a brand new concept. It was a brand new idea that God is not just a creator out there somewhere, but he is our Heavenly Father. And so for the next several weeks, I just want to take a look at some of who he is and what God is like, especially for us. And so today I want to talk about this idea of acceptance. Everybody say acceptance. Acceptance is such a big concept. I want you to think about this. In just a few short months, literally tens of thousands of students from all over our nation will step onto a college campus, their college campus, for the first time, taking their first class. But here's what you need to know is that most of those stepping on college campus are not stepping on the campus of their choice. They're stepping on the campus they got accepted in. Isn't that crazy? I mean, think about this. Schools like Stanford, Yale, Princeton, Harvard have a 5 to 7% acceptance rate, which means 93 to 95% of all young people who apply to those universities get told, no, you're not accepted. Why? Well, they don't have a good enough ACT score or SAT score or GPA. They, they don't have enough. They're rejected because they've not performed at a high enough standard. And that's not just true for college. That's true if you think about it. Like we live in a culture and a society that is performance-based, where acceptance isn't the norm. If you want acceptance, you have to earn it. I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing, but it's not just in college. It's on the job. If you want a job, you just don't go down and say, hey, I want this job and get it. They want to look at your credentials, your resume, your experience. What they're determining is, do you have enough? Everybody say enough. Do you have enough to get the job? Do you have enough to get on the college campus? If you want a loan, you just don't go get money. They look at your financial background. They look at your credit score. Again, it's this idea that acceptance is something that's not given. It's earned. It's culture-wide. And it's not just in places. It's for people. Right? A lot of us are struggling with our bosses, our employers. Are we accepted by them? Do we perform well enough? Sometimes it even bleeds into the home. Some of you in this room, your significant other, your spouse, 
right? You're struggling to feel like you matter in the home. Man, we're, we're trying to work our way into being accepted even by our spouses or our friends. It's, it's everywhere we look. I heard uh, a great story from uh, Keith Hernandez. Keith Hernandez, if you don't know who he is, he's in the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame, major league baseball player in the 70s, 80s, and retired in 1990. The reason he's such a tremendous player is he had multiple Golden Glove awards, MVP awards, two World Series, and he, he had several batting championships, and he retired baseball with a 300 batting average. But if you don't know anything about baseball, like that just doesn't happen. And what he revealed in, um, in an article towards the end of his career is that the reason he played baseball and he played at the level he did is because his dad loved baseball. And he was trying to get his dad's attention and his dad's approval. In fact, recorded in this article, specifically he said this, that one time he stood before his dad and said, Dad, I'm batting 300. What more can I do for you? And he said, Son, one day you're going to look back and say, I could have done more. It's like just... Come on, dads, if you don't hear anything else I say, I want you to hear this. One of the greatest gifts you can give your kids is to look at them and tell them that you love them and you approve of them. And let's listen, man, that you're proud of them in spite of how they perform in school or the field. Just tell them, hey, I love you today. Don't leave it unsaid. But man, this guy, like again, culture-wide, just fighting for acceptance, fighting for approval, fighting to know people matter. And that idea of Keith Hernandez's dad saying, you're going to look back and say you could have done more. I wonder how many of us in this room or watching online, we feel the same way about God. Like God's looking at us disappointed, just saying, well, you could have did more. Sometimes we wrestle, man, like what, is, what, what does it take? Like what's the buy-in to get accepted by God? Like what's the buy-in? How much do we have to do? Some of you in this room, you're wrestling. You feel rejected by God. You feel not accepted in fact, I hear people say things like this, hey, pastor, I'll come to church once I get my act cleaned up. You know what they're saying? They're saying, like, hey, once I, once I do enough that I feel like God's not mad at me, I'll come. Or people say things like this, and I love it. It's like, hey, if I show up, the roof's caving in. The roof. The roof. Like, they walk in looking up, and it's almost this idea, like, God is so mad at, him, mad at them, mad at us, mad at you, that if you show up, like, God's going to rain the ceiling down on you. Where's that come from? Again, it's this performance-based society that bleeds over into our relationship with God, and we, like, we figure out how do we get accepted by God. And some of you, you feel like you're accepted some days till the day you blow it or you miss the mark or you mess up, and then you're not accepted, and we feel like we got to work it out, and we got to figure it out. How much more do we have to do? How much did you give enough in the offering? I know some of you have been on vacation for a couple weeks. Is God mad at you because you missed two weeks? Good thing you showed up, so you're in again. Like, that's, that's how we feel. It's like, how do we get accepted by God? So today, I want to talk about this huge idea of acceptance. Come on, everybody say acceptance. Yes. This is so big. Listen, if you're taking notes, there's two, two designations, two titles, and there's, there's lots of them that Jesus had. Jesus was the son of man, the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end. He's all these, all these wonderful counselor, mighty God. He has all of these terms and designations and titles, but there's two Two designations that Jesus had most in the New Testament. They're the two used most often, and it's a son and a servant. Come on, everybody say that. A son and a servant. Over and over and over again, Jesus calls himself or is called a son and a servant. Peter, John, James, Paul, over and over, Jesus is a son and he's a servant. 
This is so crazy. When I say Jesus is the son, it's not that, that God impregnated Mary and they, they created Jesus. Jesus is the eternal son of God in eternity in relationship with the eternal father. So they've always been in relationship, God the Father with God the Son, they've always been in relationship. But early on, this is so powerful, so he's always been a son, but, but early on in, in his ministry, the gospel writers uh, tell us like very little about the beginning of the life of Jesus. They're biographical sketches, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they, they just give a flash of his birth. In fact, only two of the writers tell us about the birth of Jesus. And then we get one flash when he's around age 11 or 12. But the majority of the Gospels are his adult years when he's in ministry. And again, he came for all of these reasons. But early on in his, in his journey, early on in his adulthood, there's a, 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 a situation that's recorded that's so powerful for us. And I hope today, I want you to know my, my prayer today, is that you leave with a totally transformed way of thinking about how God sees you. That you don't waste another minute of your life wondering, are you accepted by God? That you don't spend another second on this earth with your head held in shame, wondering, is God mad at me? I want you to know today, you're accepted. See, Jesus, as the son, he gets baptized. Like, that's one of the first steps he takes. John the Baptist is baptizing people. Jesus goes and he gets baptized. And he goes, John like puts him in the water and he's bringing him up. One writer says, and the heavens were split open. And this voice, and everybody there could hear the voice. And here's what happened is Jesus was coming out of the water. I want everybody to read this. Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. Come on, read this in one voice. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my in whom I am. Come on, y'all got to read it again because it's good. This is my beloved son in whom I am. Now, here's why this is so powerful. It's because what is said, the reason it holds significance, it's not just what is said, but when it's said. So this is God the Father looking down at his son as he comes out of baptism and said, hey, this is my beloved son. In him I'm well pleased. The reason it's not just about what it's said, but when it's said is because of this. This is before he works any miracles. This is before he heals anybody. This is before he has any followers. This is before he teaches anything. This is before his resurrection. This is before his death. This is before he heals any lame people. This is before, any, before he opens any blind eyes. The reason that's important is what God's word is telling us is that the son had acceptance with the father in spite of anything he'd done. It wasn't based on his performance. It was just all about acceptance. Now, that's good news if you're Jesus, right? Some of you are like, well, that's Jesus, but like, what about me? I'm glad you asked. I can read your mind. You're, according to my wife, I can't read her mind, but I can read yours. <laughs> Come on. So I want you to think about this. So the whole point of the gospel, the good news, this message, the heartbeat of Christianity, the foundation of our faith is this message of the divine exchange, that Jesus came to take what we have and give us what he has, that Jesus came to take our shame and rejection and give us his acceptance and his connection. Come on, somebody. That Jesus came to take our sin and give us righteousness that reconnects us. Like that's what this whole thing is about. That Jesus was a son who was accepted by the father. And Jesus came to make sure that we have acceptance too. In fact, I want you to listen to this. This is, this is the way the apostle Paul, he's, he's writing about this idea of 
what Jesus has done for all of us. And every time Paul writes, man, I love it because he gets so geeked out about God's goodness and God's grace and God's mercy. Every time he starts writing a letter, like he just goes off on worship. Is anybody here, man, excited about who God is and what God's done for us? Like, that's how Paul, Paul starts writing and he just starts, like in my mind, he's just clapping and writing. So here's what he says in Ephesians. This is referring to you. Now listen to this. He says this in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. He says, to the praise of his glorious grace. He say, man, God, you're so good. And man, I praise the glorious grace. Grace means it's a gift. You don't earn acceptance. Acceptance is a gift. Some of you have been trying to earn it, and that's why, that's why, that's why you know you don't have it is because we're still messing up. We're still missing the mark. We're still, that's a we. Come on, how many, how many we's do we have in the house? Come on, any, any we mess ups, mistakers, sinners? Some of you lying now, you need to raise your hand for sure because you just lied in church. Ceiling is falling. In fact, I see some dust back there in the corner. You might want to get an umbrella. Get saved quick. (laughs) He says this, to the praise of his glorious grace, watch this, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Here's what Jesus, here's what Paul's trying to say about us. The same way that Jesus is a son that has acceptance. What he's saying is that we are in Jesus when we come to him, we put our faith and trust in him. We are in Jesus. Here's why that's important. The father, remember, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The father is well pleased in Jesus. And because we're in Jesus, the father's well pleased in me. Come on, somebody. See, when God looks at you because because we are in him and he's in us, because we're in Jesus, we're hidden in him. That means God doesn't see my mistakes and my mishaps and my mess-ups. God sees the perfection of his son. And because Jesus is accepted, I'm accepted. Let me tell you a story. Y'all are going to think this is awesome or you're going to think bad of me. And I don't care because I think it's awesome. (laughs) So I was at school this last semester. I go up uh, twice a semester where I'm in class. And a pastor friend of mine, I'm, I'm in a cohort with about five buddies of mine. We're all in school together. And we're in rooms right next to each other. And we came back. It was a long day at class. Went out, went to town, grabbed dinner. Came back, and we go to our rooms, and our rooms are right next to each other. Like the lobby's down here. Hit my buddy's room is here, and I'm here. And I walk in my room, and I think, I'm going to go grab a cup of coffee in the lobby. And so I walk right back out of my room. Well, my buddy CJ, Pastor CJ, he's been here before. CJ had left his room too. Now, he didn't hear me come out, but he's down the hallway. And I just happened to look over at his door, and he left his door open. Oh, no, he didn't. So I thought I'm going to sneak in his room and scare the bejesus out of him. So I went in his room, and I went in his shower and pulled the shower. I'm like a little kid. You know when you hide and you have to go to the bathroom now? I'm like, and about two minutes later, I hear him come back in the room, and he's talking to his wife on the phone. I can't really hear, but I am listening just in case he's talking about me. And I think, I can't wait till he comes in. When he walked in that bathroom, he had no idea I was there. Back when he walked in, I heard him lock, like, you know, he's got like nine locks on a hose. I hear him lock everyone. Like, he thinks he's totally scared. He walks after a few minutes, comes in the bathroom. Man, I whipped that shower curtain over. I'm like, ah! I, I scared him so bad. This is the truth. He told me later, he said, you know how you think you're going to be tough in the moment? He literally, this is the truth. He's like, ah! He just fell over and almost fainted. That's the truth. <laughs> Rolled, he rolled under the sink, and he didn't move for like three minutes. For real, I thought I killed one of my best friends. So I was in this mixture of laughing and terror. Am I going to prison? Is this going to be funny later? <laughs> it was <laughs> like that night I go to bed, like 3 o'clock in the morning I wake up, and I wake up laughing because all I can picture is him. 
But here's my point is, when he walked in the bathroom, he didn't see me. He saw the shower curtain because I was hidden behind the shower curtain. Listen, in Christ, you are hidden in Christ. God doesn't see your sins and mistakes. He sees the righteousness of Jesus, so we have acceptance. In fact, listen, this is so crazy. When you become a Christ follower, when you put your faith in Jesus as your Savior, you become a son too. The two designations that Jesus carries throughout the Bible is that he's a son and he's a servant. Say it. He's a son and he's a servant. Do you know the two greatest connotations that you carry in Scripture, the way God sees you and identifies you, is that he sees you as a son and as a servant. As a son, John chapter 1 verse 12 says this, but to all who believed in him, that's everybody, but to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So you're not born into this world. Contrary to popular belief, everybody's not a child of God, but anybody can become a child of God. And the way you become a child of God is you believe in him, you put your trust in him, and you receive him. And the Bible says the moment, the second, the minute you do that, you become a child of God. But what's more powerful than that is that throughout the New Testament, we're not just called children of God, we're called sons of God. All the ladies in the house, I want you to know your sons, and the reason that is so important for you to know is because I know that now we live in this gender equal society, and we sh- as well we should. I believe men are equal with, 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 with women. I believe that we're the same, that we're all one in Christ. It's absolutely true. But in the culture and society of Jesus, women were second-class citizens. They were sometimes traded like property. Fathers would give away their daughters for the dowry. What can I get? What's the exchange rate for my daughter? So if Jesus showed up and said, hey, everybody, you're children of God, women would be like, yeah, and I'm a child now. And he said, I want you to know you're not property. I want you to know you're valuable. You're important. You're a son. Come on, everybody in this room say, I'm a son. So Jesus was a son and a servant, and he had acceptance that he didn't have to earn. And because we are in Christ, we also, come on, everybody, we also have acceptance. See, we pray this prayer a lot of times in church. Hey, Jesus, come into my heart and save me. And so we talk a lot about Jesus is in us, and he is. If you belong to him, he lives in you. But he's not just in us, we're in him. He's in us shaping the life we live for him. We're in him shaping the acceptance we have by him. Come on. That means I don't have to earn it. I already have it. I'm not trying to work to figure it out. Come on, man, some of you need this so badly. Listen, everybody needs to lean in. Come on, just, just lean in a little bit. Come on, I'm giving 110%. Y'all can't lean in. People are like, I got some lumbar support right here. Just lean in. Come on, lean. We live in an incredibly religious culture in Alabama where there are, you'll be mad because I name them and you'll get over it. Where Baptist churches and Church of Christ churches have told you your whole life how mad God is at you. And you're walking under a cloud of shame because you know you're messing up, and so am I. And you're trying to figure out, do I just give up on God because I can never do it right? Or some of you men are spinning your wheels trying to get God to accept you. You are already accepted 100% of the time, 100% of the way, not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus has done for you. So if you're taking notes, here we go. God's acceptance is not contingent on your achievement. You don't earn it. 
You don't make it happen. You don't get good enough to get it. He was good enough for you to give it. Your acceptance is not contingent on your achievement. There's a story, some of you are familiar with, it's the story of the prodigal son. It's this parable that Jesus tells, and it's really a picture of us. And the idea is this, this young guy, this young kid is growing up in his dad's house, and he gets old enough where he wants his inheritance early, which is a totally insulting thing to say to your dad. Basically, dad, act like you're dead so I can have my money now. He takes the inheritance and he goes out, and he's called the prodigal son because some translation says he goes out in prodigal living. I mean, just his raucous lifestyle. He's living wheels off. I mean, he's partying morning, noon, and night. In my mind, at this part of the story that we're about to read, at least in my mind, the Bible doesn't say this, but the Bible says he comes to this place where he's out of money. He's been living this crazy lifestyle. I picture him laying in a bed next to a girl. He has no idea what her name is. He looks over in his nightstand, and there's, there's some powder left over couple crumpled dollar, $1 bills and some change, and he doesn't remember the night before, and he's like, is this it? Is this all that life is from one bed to another, from one line to another, from, like, is this it? And he thinks, man, I, I know what I need. I need to go home. But he knows, just like you and I wrestle with, like, man, I've blown it. Dad's going to be mad at me. He's never going to accept me based on my performance. And so here's his solution. It's a lot like our solution. He says this, he's having this, you ever have this conversation with yourself, you think about what you're going to say to somebody, and it never, never goes like you think it was going to go, come on. He says this, he says, I will go to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me as your hired servant. See, what he's saying is, I, I failed as a son, maybe I can work my boy back into being accepted. Too many times we are tempted to trade our sonship for servanthood and try to earn back what you can never lose. Like, I'm just, if, I can just, if I can just do enough, if I can give enough, do enough, go to church enough, he's saying, man, I, I failed as a son. Maybe my solution is to be a servant. And I love, watch this. Watch his dad's response. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Did you see it? A long way off. He was waiting for him. He was looking for him. God is waiting for some of you to come home. He's looking for some of you, maybe today, to come home. He says, but his father said, watch this. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But... His father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf. We have been fattening. What he was saying is, hey, man, we're going to give you the best. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and is now returned to life. He was lost, but now is found. Come on, say it. So the party began. I want, I want Faith Church to be a place every weekend. That's where the party begins. The party wasn't Friday night and Saturday. The party's today. Come on, somebody that we celebrate every time people come to Jesus. We celebrate every time we experience our acceptance in God. Again, we have sonship the way Jesus had sonship, and he didn't earn it, and we don't earn it. We have it. It's been a free gift. And the challenge is, think about this kid, man. He's, he's blown it with a lot of bad decisions, and his mindset is, I'm not good enough to be a son, so I'll go figure out how to be a servant. And a lot of you in this room, man, are figured like, I'm never accepted by God. The only way to get God to like me or love me is just to serve my way into his good graces. And I want you to know something. You can never lose your acceptance you have as a son. And you can never gain his acceptance by being a servant. 
You can't serve your way into him liking you or loving you. And you can't lose his love because you're a son today and forever. Come on, everybody shout, I'm accepted. It's not what you do, it's who you are. And here's why this is important, because right out, right out of Jesus' baptism, watch this. Right out of Jesus' baptism, he comes up and he leaves, and the very next verse says, and Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He was getting ready to go to war. And he comes out of that season, and he goes in ministering, healing people, teaching, like doing his thing. And here's why this is so important, is because Jesus, he is not performing for acceptance, but from acceptance. Imagine how different your day would be if you woke up tomorrow morning just knowing, man, I'm accepted by God. Not based on like, not like, oh, man, I really blew it yesterday. I hope I do better today so God will love me more today. What if you woke up tomorrow morning and you woke up like, Jesus, I'm not trying to get acceptance. I have acceptance. And, man, it just changes your day. And when you laid your head on your pillow at night, you didn't lay your head in, in regret and shame. You laid your head in praise and thankfulness because I may have blown it, but I'm still a son. Come on, I may have lost some battles, but I didn't lose my acceptance. Come on, is anybody here thankful? Listen, I'm going to tell you, you don't have to earn it. He gave it to you. So two designations. Come on, now, listen, I'm about to say something else, and I don't want you to forget what I'm already teaching you. You have acceptance as a son. When you give your life to Christ, you are in him forever. You have acceptance. You always have acceptance. You will always have acceptance. You can't earn it. It's a gift that you always have. But... It's two, two titles, two titles that designate who Jesus is the most. Come on, what are they? A son and a servant. The same two titles are used to describe us. Come on, what are we called? We're called sons and servants. So Jesus, he wasn't just the son of God, but he came as a servant. I mean, think about all of the people that he served. He came and he showed up and he, he served society. He served thousands of people food, a miracle, multiplied loaves and fishes. He came to this dirty, dark, dusty earth, and he hugged dirty, discarded people. He embraced people no matter who they were, people discarded by society and culture. Jesus surrounded them. Lepers that were stiff-armed by society, Jesus surrounded them. Jesus just came and served people. In fact, towards the end of his ministry, one of the, one of the greatest stories, this, and it was an example for us, is that Jesus with his disciples, like they've been walking around in, in sandals and their feet are filthy, dirty. And Jesus kneels down like nobody asks him and he washes their feet. I'm not a feet person. My wife's like, baby, we rub my feet. I'm like, no. Is my acceptance dependent on it? Because if it is, I might. Come on. Jesus grabs these dirty feet, the Savior of the world, the Son of God. He picks up dirty feet and he washes them. Why? Because he came not just as a son, come on, say it, but as a servant. And he didn't come just to serve humanity. He came, this is so big, to serve the Father. He was on a mission from the Father to come and to rescue you and I. In fact, towards the end of his life, he's, he's in a garden. He's praying because he knows the hours come where he's about to be crucified. And he's like looking for a way out, not a way out of saving us, but another way to do it because he knows pain is coming and separation's coming. And he prays this prayer. He says, Father, if there's any other way to do this thing, let me know what it is. But if not, he says this, not my will, but your will. What he was saying was, Lord, not my plan, but your plan. Because I'm here to serve your plan. Because I'm not just a son, I'm a servant. He came to serve people and he came to serve the Father. Matthew 20, 28 says this, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, 
Come on, read it. But to serve others and to give his life a ransom for many. The reason that's important is because the same way, again, Jesus is a son and a servant. We also are sons and servants. And as you go through, you find some things that are really important. In fact, there's a verse. I want you to get this in, in Matthew 25, 21. See, even though you can't earn acceptance, you can't earn the gift, but you can honor the gift. So we need to give up trying to earn God's acceptance, but we need to honor the acceptance we have. We need to live as if we're thankful. Come on, is anybody here grateful and thankful? See, I serve God not trying to get God to love me. I serve God because he loved me. I'm not trying to say, please, God, love me. I'm trying to say, thank you, God, for loving me. Come on, one more time. Is anybody here thankful for amazing grace? Come on, give him your best praise for one minute. God, I'm thankful that I'm accepted. Culture don't accept me. Society don't accept me. Sometimes my friends don't accept me. Sometimes my spouse don't accept me. Sometimes my employer don't accept me. My campus don't accept me. I'm rejected all over, but I am accepted in Christ. 120, come on, every minute of every day. 24, 365, baby, we are accepted. Let it sink in. Let it change the way you think. But we're not just sons. We're servants because Jesus was a son and a servant. This is so big. If you're taking notes, our sonship isn't judged, but our service will be. Our sonship isn't judged. We're accepted all the way all the time, but our service. And this is where we get confused. In fact, there's a story, Matthew 25, where Jesus tells a story of when he comes back because he's not just a father and we're sons, but he's a master and we're servants. And it's not either or. It's both and. And Jesus tells this story, and basically he's at the end of your life. You will make heaven because of the gift of acceptance but you will still give an account for how you served. He's going mean, to, imagine in my mind, he, he's going to have a dollar amount. Throughout your life, I gave you $1,287,467.29. Did you spend it all on you? Or were you a tither, a giver, and were you generous? I gave you 84 years 297 days, 4 hours, and 13 seconds. Did you spend it living for you, or did you live for me? I gave you talents and abilities. Did you spend them all building your kingdom and your contract and your career, or did you spend it in my kingdom? He's going to hold us accountable for what he gave us. Now, here's so powerful. Watch this. I hope you, are you all still with me? I got to give you this. I hope, man, this will change you forever. So Jesus has this picture like these guys are lined up waiting to be judged as servants. And this guy says this, and Matthew, come on, bring this verse back up. Matthew 25, 21. This guy that did it right. Come on, your voice, read this. His Lord said to him, come on, read it. Well done, good and faithful servant. So to a son, he says, I'm well pleased. To a servant, he says, well done. There is a difference between well pleased and well done. Well pleased is a gift he gives to us. Well done is a gift we give to him. And see, man, a lot of us, come on, I'm going to get in your chili. A lot of us are blowing it. And we're not serving well. And we're living life on our terms, our way, when we want, giving what we want, loving how we want, treating people how we want. 
And some of you know it, and so you walk around wondering, does God love you? When you feel that way, you need to go back and say, I'm accepted as a son always. But just because God accepts you doesn't mean he approves of you. See, we live in a society that says, if I accept you, I have to approve of your lifestyle, and that's not at all what the gospel says. God always accepts you, but he doesn't always approve of what you're doing. And when we feel disapproval, we feel like we're rejected. You're always accepted. God always loves you. You can be accepted as a son and rejected as a servant. I'll say it this way. So anybody here that's, you've been a kid, anybody, and if you were the spoiled kid that never had to do chores, we hate you. Behind your hat, you had some responsibility as a kid. Come on, you had to do some chores, or you have kids and you make them do chores. Come on. Or you try to get them to make them do chores. Come on. So, I, you know, I give my son a lot of times, you know, as parents, like, we scream instructions, last-minute instructions to our kids, so they're walking out the door like, we love you, buckle up, be good. Like, it's always those last minute. Or we're walking out the door and our kids are home and we're, like, screaming, like, do the dishes, load the dishwasher. I want it done before I come back. And you ever notice how they wait until the car's pulling back in the driveway? Then they like, oh, I hate it. This is, this is so true. And this is just me. I'm a type A one. Anybody who knows me, I am type A through and through. So when things are not done, things are out of order, like it drives me bananas. So one of my sons, his very, one of his very small responsibilities to live in this beautiful opulent home to which we have provided all the pizza rolls he could ever eat. That's not all we provide, that's all he eats. <laughs> Is this, that he has, to, he has to vacuum our house, and before he vacuums the bathrooms, he's got to pick the rugs up, take them outside, and shake them. That's it. I can't tell you how many times I've driven up to our house, and he, he, he got the rugs, and he shook them, but then he left them on the rug, and we look straight redneck in our subdivision because we got bathroom rugs hanging out front. Come on. <laughs> now, when I see those rugs, I want to come in and get children's services involved. Someone's going to heaven or going to jail. But listen, I want you to know something. I am disappointed in his service, but I don't, love him, I don't love him any less as a son. I love him just as much when he brings home straight A's as he does if he brings home a couple C's. If he ends up in prison, I will not love him less. While I want him to serve well, I accept him in spite of how he ever serves. And my love is imperfect. We have the love of a heavenly father who gave us the gift of acceptance we could never earn, who loves you all the way, all the time, every day, every situation. But now because we love him, come on, he's not just our father, he's our Lord. And so we should want to serve him well and honor him well. I could never earn the gift, but I can honor the gift by serving you in a way that honors who you are and what you've done for me. Some of you are confused because you're rejected as a servant, but you're still accepted as a son. Some of you are hiding your service behind your acceptance as a son, and you're a crummy servant. It's not either or. It's both and. Jesus was a son, and he was a servant. You and I and everybody online, you're a son, and you're a servant. And there's a difference between well done and well pleased. How many of you in this room would say, Pastor, I've never heard about free acceptance? I've... I thought I had to earn it. Maybe you were raised in one of these churches. And I'm not bad. Like, I'm not saying we got it figured out in all these other churches. If you love Jesus and God's word is, is his word, then we're on the same team. We're fighting the same fight. But if you grew up, man, if someone told you or you believed that you had to earn God's acceptance and you've been wrestling it and you know you don't have it, if you're here today 
He said, man, I didn't know I could have it. I didn't know it was free. I would love, I would love to have God's acceptance in my life. If that's you, every head up, every, everybody looking around, if you say, man, I need God's acceptance, and I would love to have God's acceptance in my life. If that's you, I want you to lift a hand real high. I would love to know I'm accepted by God. I, I never knew it, never knew it was a gift, and man, today I want that gift. A lot of hands. The rest of you here, man, who knew God loved you, like this isn't new information, we're celebrating together, but if you're honest enough, you know you're a son, but you're a crummy servant, man, you want to do a better job serving. Come on, lift your hand. We're sons and servants. For acceptance, I want to just pray a prayer. If you lifted a hand or you didn't, but you don't have God's acceptance, you need it because you can earn it. And today he wants to give it to you, and it goes back to what we already read in John 1.12, that if we will just believe and accept, he gives us the right to be called his children. So I want to lead us in a prayer. If you lifted a hand or you didn't, I want you to pray this with me is a way of opening your heart to his acceptance over your life. Say, Jesus, I believe that you came to rescue me, to die in my place, to take my shame, to take my sin, to give me your acceptance and your connection. It's a gift I could never earn, but I receive it today in Jesus' name. For all the rest of you in this room, Father, I pray that you will help each of us every day to walk knowing that we're accepted as sons, but God, help us to serve well as servants. God, I pray we would begin to live our lives in a way to honor the gift that you've given us. God, in the way we love, in the way we give, and in the way we serve. God, help us to know that we are sons in acceptance. And Lord, we are servants. God, that we would all hear that you are well pleased and that we have done well. In Jesus' name, and everybody who agreed said amen. Come on, one time, can we honor the Lord?